0: If okay. I want the same thing as you, I want to see it dead. I hate the fucker. They killed my mates too. Why the fuck can't we wait for the company and have some guns on our side? Why just go on some fucking suicide run? Right. Because they won't kill it. They might kill you just for having seen it, but they're not going to kill it. That is crazy. That is horseshit. They will not kill us. When they first heard about it, It was crew, expendable. The next time they sent in marines, they were expendable too. What makes you think they're gonna care about a bunch of lifers who found God at the ass-end of space?
1: You really think they're gonna let you interfere with their plans for this thing? They think we're... we're crud. And they don't give a fuck about one friend of yours that's... that's died. Not one. Hey everybody! Welcome back once again to Podcast Part Three, the Part Three Podcast. I am Sam, and I am Will, and uh, this week we uh, we are moving away from the uh, the Yautja. Uh, which is how it's pronounced, I learned, today. And uh, we are heading off to the Alien franchise to talk about 1992's Alien 3, the movie that answers the question, is there a movie out there that is tonally and visually the exact opposite of Paddington 2?
0: <laughs> I, I mean, there are other uh, other options you could do. No,
1: this is the... It, I, look, I'm going to say off the top, I like Alien 3. I will defend <laughs> Alien 3. But if you watch Alien and Aliens and become invested in those characters and in this franchise, and then you watch Alien 3, it's like discovering that, like, the person in your life that you looked up to the most was secretly, like, deeply clinically depressed.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it is uh, it is a bleak, bleak as hell movie, um. With uh, I, I don't love it as much as you do, Sam. But well, um, I, I should
1: clarify. It's not that I appreciate I think, it. I don't think I appreciate it's a, it. yeah. I appreciate it. I think it's fascinating, and yes. I think it is just like someone took a what if like comic of the Alien franchise <laughs> and just made that the canon. You know, it's it's like it is a completely valid third entry in this franchise in terms of where you could go with the story and with the character of Ripley, but it's definitely not the one most fans want. And it's not one that's going to make you feel happy, or, like, narratively you might find it satisfying. It has closure, but it's not going to make you feel good. So as we get into this, I will say that this is the movie, the one sequel in any franchise above all others, where everything that has happened since in the franchise has been attempting to retcon this one movie
0: that's true i mean and 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 the stuff that has gone into development since this movie too yeah. not you a know, lot of it's
1: it. been made but almost all of it is the the first question they ask is is alien 3 gonna be canon anymore <laughs>
0: Right, because, I mean, there was Neil Blomkamp was famously about to make Alien 5, or whatever it was called, and it was it was going to ignore Alien 3, wasn't it? It was going to bring back Hicks
1: and yeah, stuff? Yeah, the sheer yeah. volume of fan art online of Hicks with, like, the burn scars on one side of his face is just, it's incredible. <laughs>
0: Didn't his Kenner action figure have, like, a like a robo-face or something like that? I think it was either face? him
1: or the other guy, Drake. Oh, Drake, because Drake yeah. gets Drake acid gets on his face, too. On his face yeah. too. And Mark Ralston yeah. from uh, Shawshank Redemption. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, before we get into Alien, Alien Cubed, put on your 3D glasses <laughs> now, because this is Alien <laughs> Cubed. I, I guess we'll just do a little, a little backstory, uh, for those of you that don't know. Alien... Greatest sci-fi horror movie ever made. Aliens, maybe the greatest, greatest sci-fi, sci-fi action, action movie. <laughs> movie ever made. One of the best <laughs> sequels. Alien comes out 1979. It's really the first really big movie from Ridley Scott. And perhaps just as importantly, it's the script is by uh, celebrated crazy person, Dan O'Bannon, <laughs> uh, who also did uh, Re- Return of the Living Dead. He'd done Dark Star, which was like a student film caliber debut from John Carpenter. <laughs>
0: and, and it, it's basically the comedic version of alien. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> and, uh, also, uh, and you know, star making performance from Ridley, uh, from Sigourney Weaver. It's got an amazing cast of just like a bunch of great character actors, John Hurt, Tom Skerritt, Ian Holm, Yafit Code. I could keep going. <laughs> it's, uh, I would stop. Cause there's only like seven people in the movie and a cat. <laughs> But it also also it introduced the xenomorph, the alien. It's the most one of the scariest and craziest and weirdest alien designs and like sort of like the concept of its biology. Uh, And that all comes from uh, H.R. Giger, also (laughs) a celebrated celebrated crazy 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 person. person. (laughs) Uh, But incredible design work.
0: I mean that. I mean that is one of those things where it is like instantly iconic. It it, the moment you see that monster, it instantly Im- embeds it embeds itself in your brain. It yeah. is. No, uh, it's I, so weird and so alien and strange and sexual and just, yeah, it, yeah and upsetting. It's like just... like
1: like last week, I remember I was talking about how the big predator in The Predator, I was like, is this, are they trying to make us think this is sexy? These <laughs> movies, they want you to think this alien is sexy. <laughs> and uh, Alien 3, it, it could have been a lot sexier, as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll get there. So, um, alien uh you know 11 million dollar budget not a huge budget movie for fox but a big hit and it takes a while to get a sequel going but the sequel aliens plural comes out it which is such a great title for a sequel (laughs) like we (laughs) it's like the joke now and it's been done by other stuff like predators but it's it's brilliant it's just absolutely brilliant
0: and i mean i'm sure it's apocryphal but have you heard james Cam- the way james cameron pitched aliens to no the, to the to fox executives is he went up to a, a the whiteboard and wrote alien and then wrote a dollar swing as yes
1: oh <laughs> uh G- jimmy cameron oh <laughs> uh, you 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 beautiful you beautiful snake oil salesman you <laughs> but yes written by uh and directed by james cameron who had just come off of the terminator which you know so he was and he was doing other scripts at the time uh i think he was writing rambo 2 at that time he'd come out of the roger corman world you know and and terminator was a massive success out of nowhere and uh you know so it was he wrote and directed uh the uh, executive producers of the first one David Geiler and Walter Hill uh, have a story credit as well because they became kind of the shepherds of this franchise Walter Hill is best known as the director of the Warriors David Geiler was a screenwriter and a, a producer he passed away actually recently like 2020 oh, really? I think yeah I didn't know but that. he's in all the documentaries like he's kind yeah. of the the continuity in terms of uh, you know a producer that was steering the ship for better or worse <laughs> through those first four films, at least. Yeah. Uh, Aliens, also a huge hit and a big critical success. Uh, Sigourney Weaver got an Oscar nomination for it, which is crazy when you think about that now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, 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 the crazy thing is so we watched the documentary Wreckage and Rage, which is all about the making of Alien 3, and they talk about how anxious Fox was to keep this franchise going. But it took another six—it's—there's seven years between the first two, and then six years between Aliens and Alien 3. And I think they didn't even really get the ball rolling on making it until, like, 89 or 90, so they really took their sweet time. So, yeah, uh, this movie had, you know, a textbook case of development hell. Uh, (laughs) uh, They originally had a different director. uh, They had a different—they had many different writers. Uh, They brought on Rennie Harlan as their first director. He was coming off of Nightmare on Elm Street 4 at the time. And um, uh, it's—and then the first script was William Gibson, I believe— Right, and that's that's the Wooden Planet one, No, right? that's Vincent Ward. Oh, that's Vincent William Ward. William okay. Gibson's one, I think, did not involve Ripley. I think it made oh. Hicks the lead. Like, a lot of them were— There's a lot of versions of Alien 3 that don't involve Ripley because they weren't sure if R- Sigourney Weaver was going to want to come back. And when she did come back, she was like, can you please kill off Ripley? Because I don't want to <laughs> play this character anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So they didn't use William Gibson's script, which got turned into a graphic novel uh, recently, which I didn't, I have not read, but it's not the it one that. I want to read I, as yeah. a graphic <laughs> novel, which we're getting to in a moment. The next writer was Eric Red, uh, who had previously written *Near Dark*, right, and right. his right. was, um, I think it was, you know, again another like cr- Colonial Marines rehash. This is the era where it was just. Like, the script was, like, a hundred alien queens versus a hundred people in power loaders, you know, <laughs> just, like, do aliens, but with another F. The on figure. The yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then it started to take shape with uh, David Twohy, uh who later um, on would do Pitch Black. He was a writer at this, at this point in Hollywood. Which and is he... funny
0: because this, this movie feels a lot like Pitch Black. More oh, yeah. than the other Alien movies do. This one feels a lot like Pitch Black.
1: He's the one that introduced the Prison Planet concept. And so they took his script and that didn't work out. That's when Rennie Harlan bailed. I think he realized this was just going to be too much of a pain in the ass. So he went to do Die Hard 2 and The Adventures of Ford Fairlane with Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is when they brought on Vincent Ward. And Vincent Ward is, is he's kind of a Richard Stanley type, big, like, high concept visuals. And he came up with the idea for the Wooden Planet. <laughs> and the Wooden Planet is is bonkers. So it's it's basically the plot of Alien 3, the movie. But instead of a prison planet, Ripley crash lands on a wooden planet built by monks who have forsaken technology and constructed this... Like organic space station with its own atmosphere, and it's just—it's it, hard to describe. It would have been visually probably impossible to do in 1992, right? But and I don't know if it would have been any good. But it—I I really would love to see it as done as like a graphic novel in the same sense that you know you want to see what might have been with like Yoderowski's Dune or Richard right. Stanley's Island of Doctor Moreau. It's 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 that kind of great high concept sci-fi that never got made
0: yeah i mean and in in one of the documentaries i wasn't able to watch the whole thing but i did watch um some of it and one of the the david gillier is like look we all loved the wooden planet but we could not for the life of us figure out how it fucking worked yeah it was like everyone
1: was like (laughs) i like it i don't get it (laughs) and if you ever talk to people that know about it it's kind of they're, they're either in one of two camps they're in like That could have been cool, or like that would have been a disaster. And I think they're both right. (laughs) (laughs) So, Vincent Ward was going to write and direct. He left. Uh, He got a story by credit because at that point, Kyler and Hill basically took that concept, brought back the Prison Planet angle, wrote the final, final quote, air quotes, script, and brought on David Fincher, who at that point was not yet David Fincher, he was just a music video director. And the one thing I, I I really liked in the documentary is that no one had a bad word to say about David Fincher. Yeah, like yeah. they were like nicest guy, brilliant director. He just didn't know what he was getting into.
0: <laughs> well, and it also it, it also seemed like Fox was just penny pinching the hell out of this movie. And everything Fincher kind of asked for, they were like, no, it's too expensive. Don't do that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and on one level, I kind of get it, because when all is said and done, this had the biggest budget. Like, this was more than, this was $50 million were spent on this movie, Yeah, whereas it was like $11 million on the first one, $18 million on the second. And, yeah. you know, it, James Cameron for, you know, has a reputation of being, you know, an extreme perfectionist. And there's a lot of stories about him on the set of Aliens. Not getting along with a lot of people, but James Cameron, of the 1980s James Cameron, knew how to, like, stretch a dollar out on screen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like if you look at any of those alien costumes from Aliens, like, you know, the people in costumes, they look so janky. But he knew how to shoot them and edit them and light them in a way that just made it seem so much more impressive than it probably was in real life.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and Fincher also, even at this time, was, like, super meticulous, too. I mean, they get yeah. into that in the in the documentary doing a lot of takes, I mean, which now he's sort of famous for doing, like, 20 takes. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, he was doing it at the same time, and, and it also sounded like the executives at Fox also didn't want to treat this movie seriously. Like, they didn't want to treat it as sort of a high concept sci-fi they were like this is the action movie we would just just yeah make it it an action movie
1: (laughs) aliens the aliens the second one is definitely the template that most people instinctively go back to because it's got the most cool shit in it you know (laughs) yeah yeah. it's the one you can base video games off of it's the one you can make comic books off of it's got the most memorable supporting characters etc it's it's got it, it, it elevates the stakes it's got the queen alien yeah, and it's also this is a Rise of Skywalker situation where I think they were really rushing to make a release date.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's why they like the teasers that came out for Alien Three were, you know, on Earth everyone can hear you scream, and the movie's <laughs> not set on Earth. Yeah.
0: Uh, I remember seeing a trailer for this before. I guess it would have been Star Trek Six.
1: Mm, um, yeah. yeah. And
0: uh, it's scaring the shit out of me. It really gave me nightmares. Yeah, well,
1: they they the first movie has a similar teaser with, like, the egg and, like, light bursting out of it that's really creepy. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like, this is the one growing up, these first three movies were always in the video store. And they all seemed terrifying to me. (laughs) Like, not in, like, a fun, like, sleazy way like Nightmare on Elm Street or or, uh, uh, Friday the 13th. These seemed, like, oh, these movies are, like, dangerous. Like, yeah. there's the first one has the egg with the slime. The second movie's VHS was always the slimy alien head. And then the third one was just Ripley with her head shaved.
0: Right. The The one I remember, the cover I remember for Aliens was actually Ripley with the, with the gun with the flamethrower attached to it holding Newt in, like, a little square. That's the one I remember. I think
1: they re-released them as, like, a box set in the mid-'90s, probably leading up to Alien Resurrection. Uh... And it was just a slimy alien head kind of grim grinning. It's it's yeah. not, it's not even clear what you're looking at at first, uh, but it, I just remember thinking, "Oh, this, this, I don't, I don't know. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> this is trouble. Yeah, yeah this <laughs> is dangerous." And then the third one just seemed like it was like this bald woman like standing in front of a glowing background, and I was like, "I I, I always remember it reminded me of Gozer." Or like just like or like you know Sinead O'Connor was big at this point. It's just like (laughs) this is something inaccessible to me as as a as a nine year old or a ten year old. Yeah. So I I don't think I really I didn't see any of them until you know I was probably in high school.
0: I I think I saw them. I actually saw them when I was like eleven or twelve. But I kind of came to the the franchise through the comics. Um, Similar with Predator too. I had sort of encountered the comics first and had read some of those and yeah I, and i knew they were movies and i kind of knew the basic gist at ton, least of uh, a ton and of and the video comic, games too yeah. as well
1: and there were a ton of toys comics and video games for alien and predator and especially alien versus predator right. in the 90s
0: yeah and, they, and also yeah the kenner toys were a big deal when i when i because it was, I couldn't see the movies. My parents wouldn't let me. So then when I went to Toys R Us and saw the alien toys, I was like, well, shit, this is great.
1: You're wearing a Superman shirt, which reminds me, I remember the ad for Alien vs. Superman, and it was the alien <laughs> bursting out through the Superman logo, yeah. which is great. I think yeah. it was on the back of one of my issues of Marvel vs. DC. <laughs> oh, the 90s. Marvel vs. DC came out at such a specific little window of both those (laughs) publishers in the nineties. It's Superman's come back from the dead and he still has his mullet. The (laughs) Hulk is kind of like he is in the MCU now where he looked like the Hulk, but he was smart. Right. Uh, Thor was rocking the half shirt. Uh, (laughs) Peter Parker was Ben Riley.
0: Right. was the clone. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah. Superboy was in his full on nineties outfit with the leather jacket and the two belts that didn't do anything. (laughs) And Robin was Tim Drake. Right. Yeah. Uh,
0: what a weird... What a weird... That was the... that Was that the one that ended up with the Amalgam universe? Yes, or was the that, universe
1: yeah. is... You see a dark claw. What if we combined <laughs> Wolverine and Batman? And you'd be awesome. His name is Logan Wayne.
0: <laughs> Seriously, the most 90s idea.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's, comic it's, book idea. Yeah, everyone looked so 90s in those comics, and it's yeah. amazing.
0: Yeah. Incredible.
1: Anyway... Uh, David Fincher came on. It was a miserable production. The movie was not critically well-received and was a box office disappointment. And if you've seen the movie, this is all completely understandable based on the final product. But I think the thing I like about it, and I I think I kind of pinned it down watching it this time, because I watched the work print and the theatrical cut, because I don't have a child or a job, so I have no responsibilities. (laughs) There, I like that there is no ambiguity from like the, from the opening credits, there is no ambiguity about that this is going to be a very different movie. Yeah. It's not even like, it's not even like we're going to try to be like alien instead of aliens. It is like, oh no, we are a completely different animal. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and like right out of the gate, it's, it basically, it throws you into the deep end like with just like, oh, hey, did you like Hicks? Did you like Bishop? Did you like Newt? Too bad. Oh, fuck. Yeah, fuck you. They're dead. <laughs> They're not only dead, Hicks gets killed so hard that his head is crushed, and uh, here's a nice mock-up of a drowned girl in a tube, so, just so you know, and we're going to cut her open and, and yeah, have an autopsy. we're later going to
0: yeah. have an autopsy scene about it. It's like, this yeah, is yeah. such a bleak... Leak movie.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I liked in the documentary uh, Tom Woodruff, the special effects guy who's been yeah. involved in a bunch of these and the special effects in this movie are the, the practicals, I should They're know, really are great. great. Yeah. And he plays the alien and he does a great job. Uh, they talk about when, I think, after they lost one director and were waiting for another, they had all this design stuff they had to do. So they were like, we had to find something to keep our special effects guys working. So we told them to just work on the dead newt and the dead <laughs> Hicks for like three months. I'm like, must oh have been God. a fun office. This must have been it's a blast.
0: St- Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it kills off the the two, basically the the or the three surviving characters, you know, three of the four surviving characters from Aliens. And Aliens ends on such a high note. Everyone gets out. It's like everything's gonna be okay. There are no more monsters. And then yeah. it just. <laughs>
1: Aliens and Alien 3 are just looking at two different ways you could close the book on the story of Ripley. The the fun version, the optimistic version, and the bleak, pessimistic version, where either way, she still wins, technically. Like, the alien, the xenomorph is destroyed, but it's, you know, it's... Can Peter Parker have a normal life or can't he? You right. know?
0: Yeah, I mean and, and this one it's it's more really about Ripley when the other the others aren't as much. Aliens kind of is because it's the, about the, her PTSD, but yeah. this one's really about Ripley grappling with her mortality.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and just realizing, you know, like at the end when Lance Henriksen, human Lance Henriksen says like you can still have a life and right. children, and she realizes I can't, you yeah. know. This alien has ruined my life,
0: and and will keep ruining my life. And it, it like she just sees the whole cycle of of it coming back and 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 destroying everything and killing everyone. And uh, yeah, yeah. And
1: she sacrifices
0: herself to she save does. the yeah. world.
1: Yeah, and it's it. Yeah, it, Ripley does is the like the aliens special edition adds the element of Ripley had a daughter, which right. completely changes her arc in that movie. Yeah, and takes her from kind of a. a a compelling, well-acted, one-dimensional character to one with some shading. And I think it makes a big difference. Like, each one of these movies has an extended version. (laughs) Aliens is, like, the special edition I would consider you know it's got some extraneous stuff but that one element I think makes it the definitive version yeah
0: adds a lot to that movie especially because at the by the end of the movie the whole theme becomes about motherhood and it really connects that on a character level if yeah. you know that she has a daughter who she has lost yeah um, not the, the daughter is dead of old age just because she's been stuck in hypersleep for so yeah. long
1: but but if yeah. you played alien isolation she did have her own xenomorph adventure that's
0: right that's right yeah. <laughs>
1: Amanda Ripley McLaren. Oh. No children. <laughs> I'm just quoting Paul Reiser. <laughs> <in that one. laughs> oh, my God. That movie's so good. It is a
0: good movie. It is a good movie.
1: The Alien 3 got an... As- it's called the assembly cut. And yeah. I, Fincher gave it his blessing, but that was it. I don't think he was involved in the edit.
0: He, he washed his hands of the movie. Yeah,
1: he doesn't talk about it. He's completely disowned it. It's, it's his... And, and and i understandably david fincher is a director with who is very exacting and wouldn't want subpar material on his resume yeah, yeah. uh this movie this movie bummed him out so much that he had to make seven to cheer himself up <laughs> <Just> a-,
0: <laughs> a happy lighthearted comedy i know it's a good comedy <laughs> of
1: 1995 uh um but so the assembly cut adds about 27 minutes of additional scenes like a good amount and it gives i think it makes the third act like the the middle the back half of the act 2 before the final sequence really slow yeah. but you can see them trying to give The character, all these supporting guys, a little bit of nuance and give them like one or two lines or a scene so you can at least tell them apart. Yeah. As opposed to in the theatrical cut where you can't, the only one you can pick out from the crowd is Pete Postlethwaite because he's Pete Postlethwaite. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know. and Charles Dance, kind of, but he doesn't, well, he doesn't get enough no. time to run around in the industrial yeah. uh, tunnels. So. No, yeah,
1: Charles Dance, but he's like his own character. Yeah. Like, he actually gets scenes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's all the guys towards the end. Uh, yeah. And, you know, like, <laughs> um, uh, the the guy that survives Morse, he's kind of the only one that, yeah. you know, makes it through. Because he's... he's He's the funny one. Yeah. (laughs) It's so weird that he is the one that survives. It is. It's
0: very strange. And, like, he has a weird thing with Ripley when they haven't, like, talked at all through the rest of the movie, and then they suddenly become kind of, like, pals.
1: In the assembly cut, you get more of their relationship because at first he fucking hates her. Right. And he wants nothing to do with her, and, you know, she's the one that brought the fucker. And then by the end, he is, like, when the companies arrived he's like firmly on team ripley he does not he's like he doesn't get any at, any lines or anything like when bishop shows up but he does have like these these a couple of great moments where he's just like she closes the gate and he immediately pulls the lever to pull them away like yeah. he he yeah. gets it yeah. you know he's he doesn't trust the man which yeah. you know but yeah it's it's it is it is coming off of the first two movies which have really great supporting ensemble casts This one, it's not like it's bad actors, but it is everyone is lost in the sauce completely.
0: Yeah, there's just a lot going on, like, thematically, that the movie just kind of doesn't try to sort out.
1: It's all holdovers from the wooden planet, I think, where it's all this religious iconography. These guys that have found, like, that found God at the ass end of space. Right,
0: there's, like, this apocalyptic cult thing, and you think that it's gonna kind of lead to them worshipping the alien... And it doesn't, but it kind. Of, but then one of them kind of does. It does they,
1: for for Golic. Golic, in, in, yeah. the in the assembly cut. In more In the, so. uh, yeah. the
0: assembly cut, it does.
1: Do- doctor Who, I think the ninth or tenth doctor, something there. like that. Yeah. And
0: he and but but then by the time the alien starts killing people and it becomes sort of more a survival horror thing. Any thematic concerns the movie has, aside from what's going on with Ripley, just falls just falls it, away.
1: It comes back to it, kind of finds itself a little bit yeah. like it's like, <laughs> oh right, we're an alien movie. We have to have this thing about is the company what the company is coming? What are, are they going to tr- Can we trust them? Will they kill the alien? Do we have to kill it ourselves? We don't have any technology to do so. Right. Um, it, there's like a real turn. It's basically when. uh Charles Dance and, um, the guy from American Werewolf in London get killed. Right,
0: yeah, once they die, it's like, oh, okay, we're, we're not, forget all that other stuff, all the, like, all the weird sexual politics, all the stuff about how we're all, you know, we're on this prison planet, and, like, all that stuff just goes away. It's like, how do we survive? Yeah, and, it's
1: because it, the alien like kills the superintendent, uh, like in plain sight in front of yeah. everyone, and it's kind of an amazing moment because yeah. the whole time he's like, "Stop this raving! Get her out of here!" And then he just grabs him and pulls him into the ceiling. And he and just, just like
0: explodes him. in a shower of blood, and one guy just
1: goes, "Fuck!" <laughs> I love the shot after he gets killed, where then it's it cuts to the one guy mopping, mopping. up the blood and looking at <laughs> the ceiling, terrified. <laughs> It's uh, the design of uh Fury 161 is great. It's really though. cool. It's, and, and you get it's even you get even more of it in the um in the assembly, uh, cut. In the assembly cut like especially in the opening. The opening yeah. is way different. Yeah. Uh you get yeah, spared it, seeing like uh poor dead Newt with like a scream face on, <laughs> yeah. you know, in her <laughs> tube.
0: Yeah, it's uh yeah, it it's just it's such a messy movie. Um, but I, 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 do respect it. And, and when I was younger, when I first saw this movie, I didn't like it as much. I think probably mostly because of the same reasons that all the fans don't like it because it, you know, it ditches Newt it ditches Hicks, it ditches Bishop, all characters who I liked from aliens. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I don't, the alien in this isn't as interesting as the creature is in the other movies.
1: No, he's more He's more a- animalistic, and I think they—they they, that was the their intention. Right. It bursts out of a dog or a cow, depending on which, which version, version you're watching. Uh, so I like the assembly cut because a nice good boy doesn't get his guts ripped open. <laughs> um, no, and, and you know the they went back to H.R. Giger for a design because they wanted it to be more like a panther, right? Like more like cat-like, and he designed this one that had like it was like had a, like a panther body and it was going to move more centrally, and instead of the <laughs> the the to- the tooth tongue it had like lady like big lips like big luscious lips and it's just like and it would like come up and kiss you and snake this like monster tongue down your throat and HR Geiger in all the interviews talks it would give the kiss and this 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 drawing his Avoiding the lips, but it kisses him in the eye, and it comes out the back of his head. It wanted to have a more sensual, feminine, sexual quality to the lips, so it would give them the kiss, and then it would, do, the, the, the tongue would kiss them. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I love your,
0: your Giger impressions. Yeah,
1: so. I just like also in the interviews <laughs> in the documentary, he seems very fixated on how he's like, I had to draw everything on <laughs> size paper for the fax machine. <laughs> so you see all of these fax machine size. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So they, they walked back from that a few steps uh, and made it, it's like, yeah, it kind of is more like an animal and less like a man. And yeah. it works really well when it's still a guy in a suit. The CG But then, like, they, have, they did, like, a puppet, and it's all this CG. Yeah. Or it's not even CG, it's, like, opticals, mostly. Oh, wait, oh okay. I... It's, like, there's some CG, like, early CG, and some optical effects, because it was, like, they built, like, a puppet, like a rod puppet, essentially, that could move in a way a human couldn't. Right. Uh, But it just, it just does not work. It looks so jarring in yeah. all the shots and it and it ruins uh like like you know there's the very famous shot of Ripley with the aliens right up against her face and it's everywhere everyone knows it i probably put the gif up on twitter but right before that it comes up as an optical and you don't know what you're looking at. (laughs) it looks like just like someone spilled ink on the screen yeah it
0: it kind of and it moves in a weird like balloon like way it is yeah
1: i think it's because it it doesn't have any weight to it when it does that and it's also they you know they wanted it to be able to crawl on the ceiling and move really fast because they have all these pov things uh But then, like, they did a really good job designing the practical alien in it, so when you do see it as a practical, it makes the optical stuff look even worse in comparison. Right,
0: yeah. Yeah, did you get it's... to the
1: part in the documentary where they tried uh, putting a little, when they did the baby alien, they tried to put it on a dog? No. I didn't <laughs> oh, it's either. so cute. They tried, they got like a whippet. Uh, they wanted it to, the, they were like, for when the little baby alien runs right, off right, after right. it's born. They were like, we first tried to make a little costume for a little dog. They put it on a little whippet and he runs away. And they were just like, the dog was too cute and was having too much fun. It just wouldn't work. <laughs> But there's all this footage, all this test footage of the little dog and little the, dog. The, the helmet comes off and it's a little whippet face sticking that's, out.
0: That's amazing. Uh, that is
1: amazing. It's like, they, one of the effects guys is like, it's just one of those things that happens, you know, it, you, do, you do really stupid shit and then you find out it doesn't work. <laughs>
0: I I mostly watched the parts of the documentary where uh, David Fincher was, like, losing his mind.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you you see him get progressively worn down. And then there were some, like, things that happened during the production that were beyond his control. Like, the original cinematographer had to leave. They got uh, the guy that did Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. And he was developing Parkinson's at the time and just wasn't able to kind of keep up with, like, being on set. So they brought in another guy. And, you know, I think everyone—that just was—it's like— this got hit with all the difficult, all the like you when you're going into a film already with like man-made avoidable difficulties. It makes the stuff you can't avoid or anticipate or all, all the tougher.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and John Landau, who I didn't, I didn't know at the time, was head of production at Fox. I mean, now yeah, he's, he's, and he like, kind
1: of took over for Guyler and Hill somewhere along the way. Yeah,
0: because I guess they they were like, we don't want to deal with this yeah. anymore. Um, but he he was like, you know, it just the script really wasn't there. They they we started this movie and the script wasn't there, and that's kind of the problem. <laughs> yeah, it was like they were started with like a, a bad hand.
1: It's so weird. This is such an odd franchise because. You know, Fox treats it like it's a franchise that we got to keep going. We got to keep it keep it pumping out. But they've only made... Of the originals, there's only four of them. Yeah. And they came out way spaced out. And, it, you know, they don't really relate to each other. Like, the first two are deliberately different from each other. The third one is, is such a tonal gear shift and was meant to be the end. And then the fourth one is... The, just like its own, it's French. Yeah,
0: <laughs> French and Joss Whedon-y
1: Yeah, two great tastes
0: or two tastes that don't go great together. <laughs>
1: uh, you got Escargot in my peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it, I, I, it's just it. You know, we talk about like when you're making the third movie, and it's sure. Aliens doesn't really leave anything open for another story. It's yeah. done. You know, the aliens are destroyed, Ripley survived, Newt's okay, uh, you know, they, they go to sleep, and they've kind of, they've achieved, like, character closure as well. Yeah. So, on a certain level, yeah, if you're gonna make a third one, uh, you, like, every version of it involved essentially ruining everything that happened in Aliens. Right. And, you know, on, a, on some level, that is a valid way to go for Ripley, Like, Ripley may never get peace. You know, this is a character that may have to... She's This alien has been in her life so long that she can't remember anything else. That's a a completely valid way to go. But I truly think that even if... the And one of the reasons I like this movie is that... And this is coming from the guy that doesn't like The Last Jedi, so (laughs) I'm a complete hypocrite. But I truly think that even if this movie had been completely successful on a production level and hadn't had all these issues and had been really well done and easy and like all the script issues were resolved. I still think it would have been an incredibly divisive movie. Yeah. And I think I kind of I think I kind of like it because of that. I think I kind of appreciate that a movie like that got made. Yeah. You know? No. And it's and it's like because the other way to go would have been what Neil Blomkamp's Alien Five probably would have been like. It would have been let's get the gang back together and do the, the same thing all over again.
0: Right. Or or just let's make it bigger. It's, it's yeah. Well, let's 100, have a hundred ha-
1: queens versus a hundred power. Lovers. Right.
0: Or or let's introduce the alien king. Or like you know, all, like <laughs> it's shit like or that. Or maybe
1: have him fight the predator. Or fight <laughs> right. You know, yeah. You know. Have him
0: fight the predator. Yeah. I mean that. It is it is admirable on on a certain level that this is this is the end of Ripley's story And this is the way that this has to end Yeah, and it has to end with her sacrificing herself and in order to get there you have to have you have to Get rid of all the other characters and instead of her processing her trauma, which is what aliens is about this has to be with her coming to an acceptance and yeah. you have to you you sacrifice you know Newt Hicks and Bishop, um, to to get there. She has to be alone here. She, can, yeah. she can't she can't have other characters.
1: Sigourney Weaver talks about it in interviews. She says like a lot of people write Ripley and they don't kind of get the character correct. They make her you know they write her like a guy like right. a tough like a tough action hero. Like she swears a lot and she's you know really gruff, but she. Uh, Sigourney Weaver's always said like Ripley's just kind of aloof, yeah. you know. She's and, it, and that really comes across. I think the character and her performance is really consistent yeah. across those three movies, the yeah. first three. I agree. And yeah, it, it that character doesn't work as well with like a family unit surrounding her. It's it's the the fact that she becomes maternal and stand and stands up for this little girl at the end of Aliens is meant to be a break from who she is. Right. Uh, it, and and if you want to keep the story going with Sigourney Weaver, yeah, right. she's going to want to play the character the way that it's worked in the past. So yeah. you're going to make her aloof and, and and a dark, solitary figure. And it's, you know, it's very telling that this movie ends, you know, depending on which version you're watching, she dies alone but except for clutching a baby alien to her chest you know she like it's like she takes the one thing she has left and goes out with it right
0: yeah and i i I like all that and I, i i find it i find everything to do with ripley in this movie very poetic and extremely compelling it's kind of everything around her that just is just feels muddy and unfocused.
1: Yeah, you know? I agree completely. I, I you know, I like some of the character actors. I yeah. like Charles dance a lot. He's great. Uh, yeah. I like Brian Glover uh, as the superintendent. you know yeah. it's it's got these it's got some great moments. Most of the set pieces don't really work like the fire sequence. In the middle, you cannot tell what's, what's going, going on, on. Yeah. in either version. Honestly, yeah,
0: it, it just it yeah, and and eventually it just becomes with a bunch of bald guys running around this industrial nightmare, and it looks great. I mean, the the the, the cinematography is great. The POV shots are great with their spinning when it's running around on the ceiling and everything. But you really
1: lose the geography at that point,
0: right? And you're like, what am I looking at? And and part of it is that the the creature doesn't have a whole lot of personality. Yeah, um, and either because the the effects didn't work, or or I don't know what the story is with why it, it it doesn't quite work here. When in the other movies, the other two, the the alien has a lot of like personality and like a lot of like feeling to it. Like, we were kind of talking about this with the Predator, too. It's You know, the, there's a lot of personality to the to the, these creatures. Yeah. And in this one, it just feels more like an animal, except when it's trying to interact with Ripley and doesn't want to attack her because it knows she has the queen in her. And that I found really interesting and kind of wished there was more of it. Yeah. You know?
1: it, and it, I think it is, like, they intentionally made it more animalistic in its movements, and I think you lose some of the, like, this is something that came from an alien species, but also a human being. Right. And it's not the queen. So you don't have the, you know, mother protecting her young uh, mano a mano thing that you get in aliens. Uh, yeah, it's it doesn't expand the alien lore in any way or shed any new light on those creatures. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, which is a double edged sword, because sometimes when you try to do that, it yeah. really ruins the movie. Looking at you, Prometheus. Looking at you, <laughs> Alien Covenant. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's uh, so like, yeah. I, I think it's a really good final chapter for Ripley, not non clone Ripley. Right. The Ripley, look, Ali, Ripley and Alien Resurrection.
0: Well, I mean, it's. I haven't seen Alien Resurrection in a long time, so I can't really speak to it very uh, intelligently. But I I do think that there is, like, a lot of, to her performance there, I think a lot of it, uh, just, I think the script is really bad in Alien Resurrection, and I think the, despite Joss Whedon saying it wasn't done the way I would have done it, it's like, no, I think the script is just bad.
1: Yeah. Um, We're on to you now, Joss.
0: (laughs) But, uh, but but i do think she plays it like she does have moments where she has like this this like sensuality to her that ripley yeah. he doesn't have it, it, which is
1: intriguing but it's, she's just written not like ripley it's a very it's it's, yeah, it's if you you know it's a completely different character and it it just doesn't feel like ripley and 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 that for that reason because also everyone else in that movie is so weird and not right. terribly likable. Uh, <laughs> it's really hard to latch on to anything in Alien Resurrection. It feels the most like unfriendly and weird and uncomfortable of the movies, but not in a fun, compelling way, in just kind of an icky, gross way.
0: Yeah, and it but it and it has like two competing things too going on cuz it's trying to also be like a 90s sci-fi action like a mid 90s sci-fi action movie and it it doesn't work as that either. Yeah. So it It it's doesn't just... work
1: as like erotic like body horror and it doesn't work as a bunch of roughnecks in space.
0: Yeah. Like
1: we love Ron Perlman and we love Michael Wingcott and and <laughs> you don't get nearly enough of either of them in this movie. But then you're also getting like Brad Dourif doing whatever the hell Brad Dourif's doing in this movie. Like, it's
0: a beautiful butterfly. And then the stuff with right. the
1: alien newborn at the end, which is just like, just, takes, takes, does make, no, it's not. Yeah. It takes, it doesn't the, make any
0: sense and it, it's insane and it looks so weird. And it's, it's like, just... it's
1: weird. It's got those like boobies and it's just like, got no, it's got, it's got the like long tongue and it's, it really just, it, it levels up the, the head scratching in the third act of that film its you know, I, I don't like, I don't enjoy it. I I know some people like it more than alien three, but I, I don't, I don't really get into it. It's also got that late nineties CGI that just doesn't really work. Yeah, It doesn't
0: look good. Um, yeah, no, but, but I do, I, yeah, I appreciate this movie more than I like it.
1: Yeah. uh, That's totally valid.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, but also, and also, Fincher brings a lot of, like... Um, it, it brings a really good sheen to the movie. It looks oh, yeah. so good, you know? Well,
1: it's and, it's it, that thing of, like, when you hire... A, like, just to put it in contrast, the first director was Rennie Harlan. When you hire someone because you know they do really cool and interesting visuals, uh, you know, sometimes that person turns out to be a lot more style over substance. And then sometimes right. they really do have an incredible talent for filmmaking and storytelling and honestly i'm glad that this movie didn't alienate da- david fincher from making movies ever again right because yeah. you know it if you watch it in the context of the rest of his filmography it completely fits this movie looks like the a movie like an early movie from the guy that made seven and fight club oh
0: yeah and and uh, you know it feels a lot like seven in a lot of ways and especially in how just like Bleak its outlook is yeah. on life and how cynical it is. It feels a lot like Seven.
1: Yeah, you know, it feel it doesn't feel like a safe movie.
0: No, no, yeah.
1: It, it, it,
0: despite some of its touches that feel very mid nineties in a lot of ways, but
1: you know. yeah, it's oh, it's right on the cusp. Like it's, I guess, it's, early nineties. Well, it's it's say. like it's got the vestiges of eighties stuff, but it's entering that early nineties, super stylized. You know gross cityscape look. Like, the right. post-Blade Runner, posts <laughs> like, it's like neo-noir, like, this is right before The Crow and Dark City and... You yeah, know,
0: yeah. I mean, it, yeah. You, you can tell. I mean, and, and Alex Proyas and and David Fincher are very similar filmmakers. In at, at least at this time, um, so you can see a lot of sort of like the DNA of C- The Crow in this movie yeah. too. That industrial butthole and
1: <laughs> and Dark City for that matter. I mean, Dark City too, a, yeah. which is a movie about a bunch of uh, indistinguishable bald guys running around. You know. <laughs> it's,
0: Indistinguishable bald British dudes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or Australian, anyway. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. Like I. I think I'm with you. I. I have a great affection for this movie, and I really appreciate what you were, what they were going for. But it, it doesn't really work as a film. I just think that like the character through line for Ripley, going from the first movie to the second movie to this one is. A completely valid arc for her. It's not yeah. the fun arc. It's not a satisfying arc, but it works for the character.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah, I hundred percent agree.
1: And to me, and it's it's more interesting than if they just tried to rehash all the stuff they've done before, which is what, it, like, what Alien Five, what Neil Blomkamp's Alien Five seemed like been. it was gonna yeah. do. And I'm kind of yeah, glad th- it didn't get made, honestly.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It's like I don't, I don't, you know, there's there's a part of me that wants to see the power 100 power loaders versus 100 queens just cuz i think that would, like that sounds kind of awesome but like when you think about it on a practical level it's like well th- it, it would it would be just action movie nonsense you, you, they like, they, did, just...
1: they did that it's called matrix revolutions
0: <laughs> Fair you, a bunch
1: of Fair squid monsters versus people in power loaders you got it yeah did it, did it, it make you happy right. were you satisfied no. No, not really. No, you they, can listen to that episode. Yeah. <laughs> where we and if anyone's going to defend that Matrix Revolution, it's, it's going to be me. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, And then I guess that's the thing. And now they just make, well, I don't know what's happening with the Alien franchise. Now I know Noah Hawley's going to make a, of making series, a series, but I, well, it's, it's probably going to be like Prometheus and Alien Covenant and just be set at a different point. Like th- there is no reason to go back to Ripley no, short of nostalgia. No.
0: No, I mean, in, in, yeah, unless you can find a really compelling reason to bring her back. But the only reason, uh, the only reason to bring her back is for nostalgia. And
1: to retcon Alien 3. Like, that's, that's it. <laughs> that's the only reason to do yeah. it. Because no one likes
0: Alien Resurrection enough to continue that storyline. No! So, yeah, <laughs> know. <God>, <laughs> So no one's going to continue the, the the saga of alien of Ripley the clone.
1: I think that's why I like this movie more than Alien Resurrection. I think that for because for whatever reason, love it or hate it, people still talk about Alien Three. No one right. talks about Alien Resurrection. <laughs> it is a complete outlier. It yeah. came and it went, and and nothing ever happened with it. Even yeah, Jason I mean... X had novel sequels, and <laughs> Alien Resurrection can't make that claim. <laughs> My, I, I, I,
0: looked this up at one point, uh, like a couple years ago. Uh, I think Alien Resurrections only, like uh, extended universe sequel, is the Aliens versus Terminator <laughs> versus Predator dark horse comic
1: was that set in the resurrection timeline yeah
0: yeah the ripley in that in that comic i've never read it but the ripley in that comic is apparently the clone ripley from alien resurrection all right
1: (laughs) that's just greedy terminator predator and alien
0: (laughs) yeah it's just, it's like a hat on a hat on a hat. Well,
1: I just, I don't think anyone knows what to do with this franchise at this point. Like, it, yeah. Especially on film, I, just, I, I did not like Alien Covenant at all. No. I wish, I, I wish that franchise had just stayed being its own thing.
0: Yeah. And,
1: and, and it's, and I also don't really like how Ridley Scott's kind of swooped in and acted like he's like the father of this franchise because he's not he directed no. the first one and then he left Geiler and Hill or Guy Gielor or Geiler, I don't know or, or like Dan O'Bannon he didn't create it and I don't think he has exclusive claim to it
0: no and and because f- each movie in this franchise is so different from the others it's weird for one person to come and be like well this is mine now I own this this is my my thing yeah my baby you know and, uh,
1: uh, yeah, and make it all about, you know...
0: Weird religious stuff, which just doesn't... I don't know. Didn't it work in Alien
1: work. 3, it's not going to work now, <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and... But it's also, it like... It's one of those things where, it, you know, as we were you, were... you were talking about, where you expand the lore too much. Like, these creatures just... They, they can't support it. They're more interesting when the more mysterious they are.
1: You know, and... and yeah, it, it's... It, it, you it, don't... It, you can expand it a little to learn, like about their biology and their life cycle and how right. they reproduce, how they work. But I, you know, I didn't need to know who the space jockey was. You right. know, I didn't, or, I didn't need to know that all of this stuff came from Michael Fassbender. You know,
0: right? Or Michael Michael Fassbender experimenting with black goo. Yeah, like it just it be it makes it it makes it so mundane and not like terribly interesting like in that first alien movie when they go to the the derelict ship and then they go into that enormous like navigation room and they 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 find the 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 thing there and you're like what the fuck is this and that's more interesting yeah having having you i don't even need a story there or if i do my imagination can sort of make it intriguing but it's just like what the fuck is this? It's just it's just it adds more power to that image than later on if you would encounter this movie where it's like oh it's these people and they were they were also experimenting with black goo but may have also been Jesus I don't know we don't know exactly how it all works.
1: <laughs> yeah, these these these. Uh, speaking of alien species, they want you to think are sexy. The, the, <laughs> yeah. the engineers and Prometheus engineers just, just just hunky cut bald dudes. Ah, Prometheus, a movie
0: that kept asking questions and never bothered to answer a single goddamn one of them.
1: And it's also a movie where the characters act like fucking morons. Right. Well, Both that of too. them do. Alien Covenant as yeah. well. Like, just, yeah. y- you just want to wave them off. Like, stop. Stop taking <laughs> your helmet off. Walk, don't ru- run to the side so you don't get crushed. <laughs>
0: Or, yeah, I think we talked about this in the, the Predator episode, like, the biologist is, who sees a weird penis monster is immediately like, I'm gonna pet it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the only character I like in Prometheus is Idris Elba, because it gets to that point uh, where, where Numi Rapace asks him, like, don't you want to know where we came from? Don't you want to know if there's meaning to it all? And he just goes, no. I want to <laughs> get out of here. It's like, I don't care.
0: But but yeah, as as how do you extend the alien franchise? I mean, at a certain also the the alien creature has been around for so long that a lot of its scariness, because you know the image is so iconic, a lot of it has just kind of a lot of the teeth has gone out of
1: it. Yeah, it's not as scary. Like I know, like when they were developing Alien Three, they talked about you know going to the alien home world and maybe learning that they're not like necessarily an evil species they're you know you know they it's kind of like are they corrupted by their reproductive cycle or they right. you know they're just more of a new true neutral you know i i, I don't know i don't know i genuinely don't know i it's yeah, like predator it, i feel like there's a lot of things you could do just fun little stories you can tell with predator right alien is such a more each one of the movies is so weighty and and yeah. like feels more monumental for good or ill Uh, you know, it's, it just seems like it would be really hard. And like, like, like Ash says in the first one with the the Xenomorph, I admire its purity. Yeah. You don't want to overcomplicate it. It's the same with Predator. It's like when they try to add all this turf war stuff, Predator works best when he's just a hunter. And if you, if you have, and if you expand on it, you have to do it in a way that doesn't seem like you're just muddying the waters and overcomplicating the plot.
0: Right. Well, and, and you know, Predator is is works best when it's sort of earnest pulp. Yeah. You know, it's just straightforward, very simple survival pulp. And I think Alien ha- can have a lot more on its mind with more sort of gothic themes and things. Um, but a lot of Alien is also dealing with, you know, the company, the corporation, the Weyland-Yutani corporation being evil, which is... Uh, a little bit more interesting sometimes than the the creatures and you know and
1: yeah and, and i think they did yeah. this in the comics like one angle is yeah bring the alien back to earth what happens if what they happens. do get loose you know and see what yeah. happens like that's a way to go totally yeah i,
0: I, I yeah i think it's
1: you have to kind of come at it from it's the story of Wayland yutani trying to exploit this thing
0: right as opposed to either playing with the life cycle exploring the origin yeah. or you know it, it I think can't just, just and
1: it can't just be a survival movie on a space trapped on a spaceship or no. a gunfight with a bunch of marines you have to right you honestly the angle you have to go through is learn more about alien three's bishop or aliens paul riser you know those right. are the characters yeah
0: yeah i mean do do sort of a uh yeah, a, a succession-type show, but set with Weyland-Yutani and yeah. an and, and alien outbreak or, like, what they do with an, how to cover up an alien outbreak or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like I don't know. World, Wars, I World
1: War Z with the alien, you know? Yeah,
0: and you, you can kind of—and then you—if you, it were me, it, you know— whatever but uh you, you do something like that where you you do you'd have an ensemble cast and you'd have people on the ground fighting the aliens and then you'd have the Wayland yutani corporation trying to uh cover it up or or you know send yeah. messages through the media trying to do stuff which like
1: that. honestly just sounds like you know the expanse But with xenomorph instead of the proto molecule.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's the Expanse, but with
1: with the xenomorph, which would be cool. That's a cool way to go. I like that. I I loved the Expanse. I did too.
0: Yeah, I did too.
1: I think it would be make it less about specifically the xenomorph and make it more about this world that they're in. This world of these like super powerful corporations and the Colonial Marines and like what is Earth like. You never right. go back to Earth in any of these movies.
0: No, you see it. You see it in Aliens, and you see it in Alien Resurrection. Yeah. They, uh, you never. They never actually go there. No,
1: it's yeah. you know it's the one angle they never. And I think Ripley never getting to go home works for Ripley, but I think the franchise could go back to Earth and and yeah. have because you got to bring new people in because Ripley's yeah. story is done. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, Alien Three. <laughs> it's uh, it's it is. I I don't hate it. It but I don't know if it's good. But I find it fascinating.
0: Yeah, and all the the behind the scenes stuff is, is like all the development stuff that went it went through, and all the the you know the, the stuff that Fincher went through to, to make it. It's uh it's an intriguing story on the back uh, behind the scenes. Yeah. Too.
1: Oh, and and if so. you're a David Fincher fan and you've never watched it, check it out because it's yeah. it's a. It is a fascinating little prototype David Fincher movie.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can totally see jumping from that to seven. It has a lot of similar themes and you know, yeah. 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 Set design and stuff like that. Totally.
1: Yeah. It, it's it's interesting and what might have been if it had if everything had clicked and they had a script that really worked. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> All right, Will, what do you got for me? What are you gonna do to me now? All right.
0: Well, i've I've been I've been wrestling with this actually. I've been trying to figure out what to what to do next. And we're watching I,
1: WrestleMania three.
0: <laughs> so I uh, we're gonna stick in the genre world, but something short and something strange. Uh, I was thinking we could do Underworld: Rise of the Lycans.
1: Ah, so you saw the boring part of the Alien three assembly <laughs> cut and thought you wanted a whole movie of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or just Michael Sheen overacting. Well,
1: you know, I guess you could have subjected me to Twilight uh, Three, so I I, I guess I should thank you on a certain level.
0: (laughs) Which werewolves versus
1: vampire franchise should we tackle next? Neither. (laughs) I don't know how people keep screwing this concept up. (laughs) It seems straightforward to me.
0: Yeah, it seems pretty simple, but anyway, that was the best vampire
1: versus werewolf movie. Still, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. <laughs> it's,
0: I don't know. It is very strange. I guess a, I mean, strange. as we
1: know, a little Bella Lugosi goes a long way. It goes a long way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's Bella Lugosi. It's really, that's why. It's, it's just Bella Lugosi. Yeah,
1: totally. No, it, all right. Underworld, yes. Uh, a, 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 a franchise that you'd be shocked to learn made it to like five movies. <laughs>
0: yeah. And this one's the prequel. This is the so prequel.
1: Yeah, this is the yeah. uh, the only one without Kate Beckinsale. Yep. so uh, yep. interesting little outlier. Did th- is this a le- did Len Wiseman do this one? Who did this? No, this
0: is actually directed by uh, Patrick Ta the um, creature designer for um, well a lot of stuff, but notably he designed the. Uh, remake of Godzilla and the Aliens in Independence Day.
1: Oh so. right, right, and he—that's they named Broderick's character in Godzilla after, after, yeah, after him. Yeah,
0: so he did all the creature de- creature designs for um, for the Underworld movies, and uh, this is his only directorial credit, I believe.
1: All so. right, all right, Underworld: Rise of the Lycans. <laughs> it's a movie.
0: Yeah, sort of an ass asshole, but. <laughs>
1: I mean, if you wanted me to pause, you could have picked another movie. <laughs> I could have
0: picked another one. No, but I, I you know... This I, just uh, means,
1: I, Will, that next week, the week after, I'm not doing Blade Trinity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, right. until next time, uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast Part 3. Check out Alien 3. It's, it's so... It's worth watching. It's definitely worth, worth watching. watching. Like, as, if you're... It's... I'm not recommending it as an alien sequel or as a movie, but as just sort of like a fascinating thing to look at. It's like such a, if to go from aliens to this is really such a ballsy move on a lot of levels. I don't think it works, but I really admire that they swung for it. Yeah. This would never, this would never happen now.
0: No, I mean, it, it definitely feels like something that kind of escaped uh, from a lot of quality control, even though uh, Fox was trying to wrangle it uh, out of something that it wasn't. And it
1: didn't come out, like, irreparably broken, like Island of Dr. Right. Moreau did. It It still right. feels like a real movie, and it feels like an, like a type of alien movie, but yeah. it, it's, it's still a mess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, at, at least it, like... Unlike the Predator, it feels like it has a beginning, middle, and end.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yes. (laughs) Uh, I thought you were. I forgot that the Predator is a movie, and I was like, "What's wrong with Predator?" No, nothing's wrong
0: with Predator. Predator is pretty perfect.
1: And you know what was pretty great too? Prey.
0: Oh yeah, Prey was really great. Prey was pretty
1: awesome. Yeah, yeah. Check out Prey. If you only (laughs) have time for one movie, do Prey. It's 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 great. Amber Mid Thunder's great. Yep. It's got a real good boy in it. Uh, yep,
0: it's got a great great dog, and the the predator in it is pretty cool. It 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 rocks. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. So it's much. a great it's watch. Great. It's
1: a fun watch. Yeah. It's it's yeah. really uh, beautifully shot too. Trackenberg did a yeah. great job. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's a great way to take the franchise and put it in a different direction and in some ways without spoiling anything it does tie into the rest of the franchise. Not, not like a major does. way but just in a little almost easter egg way but it
0: no but it, but it's it's the right way to do an easter egg because it doesn't make a big
1: deal about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It's not you you, d- you don't have to get the reference to enjoy the rest of the movie.
0: But if you do it's a cool little reference and actually sort of alludes to more stories, and I hope they make ten of these with, with Amber Mid uh, with her. I think she's great, and I want more stories about her. Watch,
1: and the next character. one is the one they'll finally be like, we got, we're get, Arnold's the co-lead, <laughs> he's time-traveling Dutch.
0: <laughs> you know what? I'm totally okay with that, too. I don't care. Of course you make are. Make it of happen. Of course you
1: are. You're <laughs> the guy that wants to do an episode on Underworld, Rise of the Lycans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, fair
1: enough. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um... Yeah. No, it was a lot of fun. Prey was great. I was very happy and I don't get happy about much. You know me. I like alien three. That's my whole, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, it's, it's the Hampshire film student in me likes alien three. It's It's like, there's no happy, happy endings are bullshit. There are no happy (laughs) endings in real life. (laughs) It's definitely, this is it's Hampshire. Alien three is the moody goth kid of the franchise.
0: yeah absolutely yeah. it's
1: listening to a lot of like new metal as well <laughs> the score yeah. has a lot of like proto new metal in it too it does yeah, yeah. I, is it elliot goldenthal it's elliot who goldenthal who did i uh, liked a lot of yeah it's a cool score yeah. uh i think he worked with fincher pretty closely on it and uh he later on did um uh batman forever uh yeah uh, so he's a an alum but it is like do we need to cut in the like hard gu- like electric guitar rock and score for the rape scene does that have to happen
0: it's it's a it, yeah the, the threat of sexual violence in the movie was awful. yeah it's but...
1: it's it's not necessary. No, it's it no. and it, it it it's even more. It apparent. seems like a
0: very obvious choice too. Like it it, it seems just so, so obvious to go there that I I wish they had. They you know? that's
1: where like it would have been better to make it lean more into just like their apocalyptic beliefs. It's not right. they, it's not like a woman here is bad because they're gonna be tempted. It's it's a woman here is bad because it's throwing off. It's a sign from above. Right. You know, it's make, exactly. they just They don't yeah. have. You don't have to have sexual violence in this movie because honestly it's it's a really it's it's really cheap in a franchise that is essentially all about sexual violence right the alien reproduces through rape so having an actual rape scene and playing it the way they did like an action moment just really doesn't feel right it feels like it doesn't belong in the film
0: yep yeah i agree i i I couldn't articulate it that well but yes that's (laughs)
1: look i look let's be real when your alien gets designed with big kissy lips, it's a movie <laughs> about sexual violence, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, yeah, as you were saying, that's the whole alien thing. That's, that's what, I think what makes it so creepy to, yeah. to, is that, is that especially to men who typically don't have uh, threats of sexual violence to them, it's,
1: you know, Yeah, the, the most terrifying thought in Alien is when Ian Holm goes, that, it's his son, It's John Hurt's son is out there and that's just, it's so fucked up. Yeah. So, you know, to, I don't know. So that moment in Alien 3 doesn't feel like it fits in, I don't want to say an elegant depiction of like science fiction, sexual violence, but in one that's been very nuanced and thought out over several movies. It's so it just feels like it dilutes the characters and it doesn't feel like it fits with Ripley and
0: yeah, it just, and it just feels like an obvious choice. Like yeah. It just, you know, it's one it's of the, it, like...
1: it's, it's not, and it, cause it only really serves to make you like Charles Dutton. Right. And you don't need that, you know, for that character. Yeah.
0: No. Cause once, once Ripley and once Ripley and him are on the, their side, it's like, Oh, yeah. you're just, you're all
1: anyway. Yeah. And he's already done the whole scene where he gives the monologue you know so right, you already right. are endeared to the character yeah you can find us on instagram and twitter at podcast <laughs> part 3 check in next week for underworld rise of the lycans we got we got poignant here for a moment we did we yeah. we got
0: we got deep
1: oh. we got deep I mean, these are really good movies, or at least they're... Yeah, there's a
0: lot to. Well, I mean, the first two are fantastic yeah.
1: movies, and there's a lot to dig into. Like, we could talk yeah. about Alien and Aliens forever. I I fucking love those movies. They're
0: yeah, they, I mean, they're they're pretty damn close to perfect too. I mean, they're they're. Yeah, I mean, what more does needs to be said about those two movies? I mean, I will say this. I,
1: this is one thing I will say. If if you're a writer and you're looking to write an action movie. And I, James Cameron gets flack for, like, not being a good writer a lot. Uh, go find the script for Aliens. It is it is a, it's, it's, it's a watch. It is just so, so, so tightly wound. Um, yeah. It is perfectly paced. It's really well written. A lot of what's on, on the screen was on the page, dialogue-wise. Yeah. He does a really good job. He gave his actors really well-drawn characters and really well-designed set pieces on the page. Without yeah. getting too like florid or overwritten, a lot yeah. which a lot of it's easy to do over-explaining action, you know. Yeah, on, on he's the page.
0: he's always very good about uh, about uh, directing on the page and making his action scenes very clear on the on. Written screen.
1: Will's very excited for Avatar 2. You
0: have no idea how excited We We for went Avatar to see,
1: 2, the two of us went to see Thor Love and Thunder, and there's a trailer <laughs> for uh, Avatar 2, The the World of Water. What's it called?
0: The Way of Water. The Way of Water.
1: Uh, is, there, is there a movie called The Weight of Water? With I, well, Sean, there's
0: The Shape of Water. There's, but there's, there's a movie there's called the,
1: the Weight of Water. Or am I just making that? I think Sean Penn is in it.
0: I don't know. I'll Look it up. All right. You anyway, we were watching
1: seconds. it, and he's so pumped because he was like, "Look, look at that that water! It's all CG. <laughs> How incredible is that?" And I, my counter, because I'm a loveless sack, is that would be also <laughs> impressive if it was real water. Uh, yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's uh, it's fair. Um, uh, it yes, visually right looks.
1: It visually Avatar Two looks fucking incredible. I will say it, it does. Like, it. I, I mean, it just it, he hasn't yeah. he hasn't missed a step.
0: No. Um, yes, there is a movie called The Weight of Water. It is. It came out in 2000, and it is directed by Catherine Bigelow. Oh, all
1: right. But is Sean Penn in it, or am I just a Sean Penn in it?
0: No, Sean Penn is in it. Okay, yes. cool. Sean Penn and Sarah Pauly, Elizabeth Hurley, oh. Catherine McCormick, uh, and uh, Josh
1: Lucas. Oh, what do you know? Yeah. Catherine Bigelow's done a lot of interesting movies. She has. She hasn't done a she part hasn't done, She hasn't done, gotten to a hasn't part done three. A,
0: no, she hasn't done any franchise stuff. No, so they they quit. We, we they quit while podcast. they were ahead with
1: Near Dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's K nineteen, the Widowmaker, but not K twenty and twenty one. Surprised
0: they never made sequels to Point Break.
1: They tried. Surprise, they there was a hot second. Remember when the Dirty Dancing Havana Nights when that came out? Yeah. You know, yeah. Around then, they were trying. And it was going to be one of those ones with new characters, and right. it was going to have a Swayze cameo, at, like the way Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights did. And I think they were try they they sort of made a sequel to Roadhouse where it's Dalton's son.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh And then Patrick Swayze passed away, and I think then they just were like, "Fuck it, we'll just remake it and take out all the stuff that's memorable about the first Point Break." <laughs> It's like what are the things you think of when you think of Point Break? Uh Keanu, Patrick Swayze, Gary Busey, surfing, presidents masks, uh and like, you know, all uh, and and riding the big wave at the end. Just take out all of that.
0: <laughs> just make the most generic action movie you can. Yeah.
1: Point Break. Yeah. Check it out. Point Break. That's they a they good didn't movie get too. to a third one, so just watch the first. <laughs>
0: So first and
1: only. Oh, yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> that's going to have to be an episode where we talk about movies that made it to two, but we wish but, had gotten a third. Oh, yeah. Which will just be oh. you and me talking about how much that we wish they'd made King Conan. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: King Conan and the uh, third Guillermo del Toro Hellboy.
1: Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, they, uh, the, the new Hellboy did not quite live up to the old Hellboy. I didn't, I haven't seen it. It's, I haven't seen that's it. That's a weird movie because they made it rated R and they were acting like finally hellboy is going to be rated R but it's like if you read the comics hellboy is not rated R hellboy is a totally chill guy he's not like he's not deadpool you know he's right. he's just a paranormal investigator who happens to be the son of the devil or whatever <laughs> it was just an interesting choice and it and it it didn't feel visually as ambitious as a Guillermo del Toro movie it was it's a losing right. battle to try to follow him up with something yeah. especially with something that's really visually ambitious
0: right it's a shame because i like neil marshall a lot yeah
1: i I like him too and i like david harbour it's it's hard to follow up ron perlman too ron perlman could not be more perfect casting for that part yeah 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 well what do you gotta say ron perlman i don't know he's in blade 2 and alien 4 so we won't be uh, seeing him we won't be covering him
0: will
1: we no he's not in the underworld movies
0: no, he's not. He could be. He, he, he could be. He
1: could he's be in, in the those. Blade franchise. I guess that's like if you're not in Underworld, you're in Blade. <laughs> the Blade. <play. laughs> like if you're not in Harry Potter, you're in Lord of the Rings.
0: Right. Yeah. Huh. I guess not. I guess he hasn't done a part three. Lance Henriksen and the his uh, his third appearance in a podcast part yes, three.
1: Yes, and uh... he nearly was in Terminator Three. Okay. He was going to show up because you don't you don't see him die in Terminator, so he's going to show up and be in a wheelchair. I think it was going to be like instead, they brought back Earl Bowen from the, right. the Dr. Silberman from the first two. Right,
0: right. <laughs> That's going to be a fun episode when we cover...
1: You're, you're, I can tell just by your body language, you are anxious to kick the Terminator can as far down the road as humanly possible. <laughs> well, no,
0: it, it, you know, honestly, Sam, I was thinking about doing it as the next one, but I know it'd be a massive episode. We have to watch, like, three movies. Yeah, we and so, uh, it, so that's part of it, but also, like... I mean, geeking out about the Terminator is also one of the things that solidified our friendship, too. It's true. So, uh, we we would know, have to it's... tell the
1: story of showing Mike Doyle Terminator 2 <laughs> and him basically having, like, a religious experience. Right. Like, he yeah. he like he, he went through, like, the agony and the ecstasy. Like, he, look, he, he took, like, his posture watching it was like a Renaissance painting.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I mean, I remember one night, uh, or one, I can't remember if it was after we had moved out to LA or before, but when we had worked out the entire time loop for Terminator and Terminator Oh my two, God. remember that? Yes.
1: Oh God. <laughs> yeah. We figured it out. It was a lot of like predestination <laughs> paradox. That was also about the time you came up with the entire combined timeline oh, yeah. Yeah. of like, like Everything, every dystopian sci-fi movie that extends like 500 years into the future, all kicks off with Network and the death of <laughs> Howard Beale, which leads yep. directly into like Escape from New York, which led into Waterworld, which led into AI, artificial intelligence.
0: Yes, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I mean, yeah, we got we got everybody and everything in. It here, was like we, we
1: specifically left off certain things, like we were like, we aren't going to include Star Trek, but like it everything was... else is on the table
0: yeah it was it was Star Trek was too optimistic I think for for what we were thinking of and and I think everything else in Star Wars we couldn't do either I think that one we yeah,
1: yeah I think it was all it was something like um a great deal of sci-fi movies don't say it but they're actually taking place on the planet from the end of Titan AE right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah the only way to make it work was like oh it's not they're on a new they're Earth. on new yeah they're on Earth
1: too <laughs> they're on planet Bob <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did we include the Mad Max movies? I think we Yeah,
1: did. we did cuz yeah. those are um I think in yeah. one version uh it's just Australia that's like that and so other stuff right. like Escape from LA and Escape from New York were happening simultaneously to like the wasteland of uh, Australia. Right.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like Doomsday Neil
1: Marshall's Doomsday. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. What a weird what a, what a weird time when we didn't have like Jobs or responsibilities. I
1: I, I genuinely much prefer when I was jobless at 26 than when I was at 36. (laughs) Now it's I'm jobless because there's a global pandemic and we're living in a dystopian sci-fi movie.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Ah. Uh, You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast Part 3. Will, any (laughs) final thoughts on this (laughs) episode of Alien 3 and Potpourri?
0: Your ass is already on the line question is what are you gonna
1: do about it? I will give it a big kiss. You have big <laughs> big lips, you'll move like a panther, and I will send you the drawings in the fax machine. Cause I am HR <laughs> Giger. Alright, there you are. <laughs> Alright. Before Will has a heart attack. <laughs> Good night folks.
0: Good night. I,